Welcome everybody to the Mongols preview show. This is Justin from Mongols. Hey, we got a special episode for you today with Davy Shepard of Speedway Soccer. Speedway Soccer is the pod on our BGN fam who covers Nashville SC, the Riverhounds opponent, this Saturday night, 7 o'clock at Highmark Stadium. We covered a wide range of topics, talking about Pittsburgh, talking about Nashville, talking about the team's start to the season. And I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope it gets you ready for the game this Saturday night. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome into tonight's episode of Speedway Soccer. This is Davey Shepard, and I am lucky enough today to be joined by Justin Ashcraft from the Mongols podcast covering Pittsburgh Riverhounds in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Justin, thanks for being on today, man. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me, too. I mean, we're going to we're definitely releasing this podcast both both cross cross posted. um, So both both audiences will get to hear this. But so, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Love doing these previews for mongols and and previewing our games for the next weekend so thanks so much for letting me do this and and joining me and let's have a great conversation yeah my take is always let's do as little work as possible right so i wish i could find someone that we could just do the cross episode thing with every week right and then we'd only have to do like half the episodes or something exactly it'd be great it'd be great but until then we 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 keep grinding i guess so um hey let's get right into it man and uh you know i guess first and foremost i i would say looking at the table um you guys have probably gotten off to a slower start than i expected is that how you guys are feeling internally up there yeah, I mean, I, so I think it's hard when you look at the table this time of year, right? Because yeah, like points per game, you're not, you haven't really established a rhythm of how many points per game you're going to get and all that kind of stuff. And I think looking at our table, I mean, looking at our results this season so far, I mean, we started out with four games on the road. So like anytime you start out with a four game road yep. stretch and you're having to go on the road, play I, I mean, I don't think we had a tough, tough schedule on those road games, but you know, we have a we have a schedule that doesn't isn't necessarily fine to us. So I think I think looking at it right now, as slow of a start as we might feel like it is, I think we also look at it and go four out of those six games were on the road, two of them at home. And for the result we got, I think those if you look at out of context, you look at any four games of the season. And you say you're going to get one win, two draws, and a loss. I think you take that any time. You're not going to go and uh, I don't, I don't want those results. I think for us, I think getting those results on the road and then coming home and getting a win and a draw at home, I think we're pleased for the most part. You know, I mean, you obviously want a faster start at times, but I'm not going to complain about the start we've had based on the results that we've gotten so far. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, It's so easy. Uh, We always joke. We always say like USL going to USL. You know what I mean? And it's like this league is just so unpredictable week to week. Uh, For us last week, as an example, I didn't have us going there and losing 3-1 at Charleston. Um, I thought it would be a scrappy draw. Maybe we eke out a win. And then it's like they just turn the game on their head. So um, especially even teams that are going to end up really, really good, uh, which I think both um, Nashville SC and Pittsburgh, I I think both have the opportunity to be uh, top half Eastern Conference playoff Mm -hmm. teams. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, you kind of just got to, like, take the good with the bad and roll with the punches. That's kind of been the theme for us so far is we've seen, like, a lot of really good things at the start. Um, And then it's, you know, there's a step back here and there, too. So it kind of just is what it is. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's all the early season stuff, right? And you get some stuff figured out in preseason. You work some stuff out in preseason. But then when you get in the real live, fast-paced, 
you know, USL games, um, you know, with unpredictable refereeing, unpredictable fields, unpredictable schedules, you know, it, it becomes a totally different thing than when you're playing on nice fields in Florida for a preseason or something, you know, it's just, it's different. It's different than it's different in the regular season than it is in preseason. So a lot of that, I think, is early season just jitters and working out the kinks in your new system or newer system or just system from last year. Yeah, so speaking of things being different, some changes, um, we obviously saw you guys twice last year, the the one game being one of our, our Nissan Stadium stands where we had right around 20,000 people, which is just an awesome time. Um, mm-hmm. How different is your roster from last year to this year? What 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 changes have you all made? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so I think there's changes. I mean, I think there's changes, right? But like it's the USL, you're always going to change. I think yeah. one of the things that I look at our team, I look at the Riverhounds and say like we did a really good job of maintaining some sort of consistency, and I think that's what is key to some of these teams' success. Um, you know, Louisville hasn't exhibited that so far this season with the points they've gotten yet this season, but like historically they've been able to keep a core group together and then continually have success year after year after year. Um, and so I think that for me, looking at what Pittsburgh did this off season was they kept a core group of people. So you kept your Kevin Kerr, you kept your Canardo Forbes, you kept your Nico Brett, you kept your Joe Greenspan. So you're keeping these players who were the core of the team last year. And then you're adding some talent around that. So you're adding Steven Dos Santos, you're adding Christian Valeski, um, and, and so you're adding some players that can give you something or can give you something different. Um, and then we're adding some guys too, who are getting their shot out of college and, and working, you know, you're looking at an Anthony Velarde who, you know, is coming out of college and, and getting his kind of first shot in the league too. So I think you're looking at across the board, um, you're looking at some different things. Um, but I think, so I, our roster is definitely different in the USL um standings you know we're in the usl way of of kind of a rotating roster but i think we've done a good job um keeping that core group together and i'd have a similar question for you guys i mean i feel like you guys have added some pieces as well and i think it looked like the east kind of just went attacking it's like let's add as many attacking pieces at for top teams in the east as we can (laughs) um and you guys were no exception with adding cameron lancaster so um, what do you, when you look at your team, how do you feel like they've added or subtracted kind of what is the, um, feeling around Nashville, um, as, as you guys have looked at the start to this season? Uh, yeah, I mean that you can't like, uh, look past that. Right. Um, when you bring in the two leading goal scorers from the league last year, um, it's pretty obvious you're trying to make a commitment to scoring more goals. Um, and we've seen Rios get out of the gates really, really well. Unfortunately, Lancaster's kind of had some nicks and um, hasn't had the start of the season that I think he would have liked to have had, but I think he's getting healthy, getting there. Um, very hopeful that we'll see him in the starting lineup against you all this weekend um, up top with Rios. Um, and then for me, uh, probably right behind Rios has been um, uh for me, probably my favorite player of the season so far, um, and and maybe our our second biggest contributor, um, Carlton Belmar, has just mm. been uh, awesome. You, uh, he's one of those guys who you watch, and the speed difference is just completely noticeable. Um, so getting him uh, more involved, um, but the same thing that you said, right? Um, there's guys that 
were big contributors for us last year who are going to remain that. Um, centrally, guys like Reed, LaGrasa, uh, on the wings, Alan Wynn and Rapapa Mensa are both going to play a huge role as the season goes on. Mensa was kind of that super sub last year. He started off as kind of a nine and then moved towards the wing at the end of the season. I think we're going to see more of him on the right this year. Um, Liba Maloto has played a lot this year. Still coming back from injury, not quite who he was, that creative player. Um, Pittsburgh fans will probably remember him from having that um, kind of our only real effort on goal in that first game of the season against you last year. Um, he kind of flicked it across the box and required a pretty good save. Um, uh, and then working our way back, um, Nashville had, I believe, statistically the second best defense in the league last year, uh, both mm-hmm. conferences. Um, so really talented defense last year. Um, we still have guys uh, starting um, Liam Doyle and then on left, Justin Davis and Taylor Washington rotated uh, last year on the right Kosuke Kimura, um, who has split time with uh, Darnell King, who was second team all USL last year. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, when you're adding guys like that and then Ken Trivett, I believe was um, his player of the season for, for his team last season as well. Like you're mm-hmm. adding guys, were, were standout performers in their sides last year uh, to what was already the best defense uh, or second best statistic defense in the league. Um, I think, uh, and, and we're going to kind of float into this direction here in a little bit, I think um, Coach Smith is is kind of remaining true to himself in what is a very balanced side. A lot of people would say defensive first side, um, mm-hmm. but still adding some, uh, some silk with the steel there, right, to be able to mm-hmm. go out and get goals too. Uh, and then Connor Sparrow um, – I don't know who we're going to see in goal this weekend. I think it might be Sparrow. Uh, he's kind of flip-flop goalies pretty often so far this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's really, really, really going to push Pickens for that role, which is kind of a testament to what kind of player Sparrow is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the same thing. Yeah, I think that's pretty similar to what Pittsburgh has done. You know, they've been flipping between Kyle Morton and Ben Lungard in goal. Um, I think we've kind of settled on Lungard at this point, and Lily kind of hinted to that of, we wanted to see them kind of back and forth um, a little bit and then and then kind of settle into one for a little bit and then kind of go back and forth again and, and see who's got the hotter hand at the moment. But um, I was going to ask just kind of about Lebo. I, you know, as a as a river hound, as a former river hound, um, you know, we've kind of we've kind of keep, you know, we keep track of him. And, and I think he's been successful. Do you feel like the additions um, this season will help his creative ability kind of flourish with adding some goal, some goal scores. Um, and we won't mention the uh, the embarrassing play that we all saw in week one of the season. <laughs> um, yeah, I, we, I, we all we kind all of that game on its head, right? Um, but no, listen, I think um, I think the number one thing for Lebo in. in if you ask the club or whatever, they would say he's 100% match fit. He's good to go. But it's very clear that he's still becoming who he was for much of last season. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a work in progress, and I think that's totally to be expected. Uh, and it's kind of a testament to what uh, the coaching staff thinks of him, that even though he's in that position, um, he's still getting the amount of minutes that he's getting. And had I think he played the second most amount of minutes all preseason behind Alan Wynn. Um, if Ben was here, he would correct me on that probably. But um, it's something. He, he was up there. So um, mm-hmm. I still think he's working his way back. And But I think you're absolutely right, particularly – um, if they can get him formationally kind of stay in the center so far in the season, he's kind of been pushed out left. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think that he's best served by being there. Um, but when you've got guys who are um, uh, 
banging in goals like uh, Rios has for us this season or like Lancaster did last season, like you've got to figure out a way to get those guys on the field together. Um, sure. So uh, I think it's going to come down to Gary getting creative and being able to fit him behind those guys um, without sacrificing his shape defensively, which, which again, we know um, matters a lot to him. So um, I, I remain hopeful that it will turn into what you just proposed that uh, Lebo's such a talented, creative guy, and he's just been giving these two absolute studs in front of him, um, and he's going to find a way to feed those guys the ball and get them more and more involved as the season goes on. Uh, I kind of have a similar question for you. Um, so for Nashville fans who haven't seen Pittsburgh yet this year, uh, who, who is your creator? Like, what do you all do the most of moving forward, um, and, and how should we expect you all to try to break Nashville down in this upcoming match? Yeah, so I think it. Um, I think that really depends on who we play up top. Um, so I mean, we have three. Um, you talk about the pieces that you guys have had, and and, and yeah, Stephen Dos Santos and and Christian Veleski did not score as many goals as as Lancaster and Rios last year. But um, you're looking at Veleski. Um, you know, Veleski I think had ten last year or twelve, um, and has never had less than nine in a season. Stephen Dos Santos has had ten or twelve the last couple seasons as well. So these are both proven goal scorers. Um, and then you add in Nico Brett's 15 from last year. Um, so I think it, it it sort of depends on who's up top. I mean, Valeski and Brett are both, I mean, Valeski is kind of in between, but Dos Santos is a tall guy who is going to get a lot of crosses sent into him. I think um, as we've seen so far, I mean, Jordan Dover um, and, Brian James, as our fullbacks, are going to provide a lot of um, crosses. Um, they're going to be sending a lot of crosses into the box, a lot of big, um, you know, looping balls into the box um, that hopefully Dos Santos can get on the end of. Um, Kevin Kerr is also a, um, you know, a good player out wide who's going to be sending in some good good balls in. So I think if Dos Santos is up top and in the middle, um, that that's going to be a majority of – of our chance creation is going to be a lot of crosses. We don't do a lot of playing down the middle. We don't do a lot of um, passing in the center of, of the field. Um, it's a lot more on the wings and then trying to send the ball into the box. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a good, that's that's pretty true. Um, other than if Christian Valeski and Nico Brett are in the game, um, they both have a lot of speed. So then there tends to be some more balls over the top um, and some, playing around in the middle of the field and then and then a big diagonal or a big ball trying to trying to go over the top. I think both both Greensman and Atawale as center backs can send some balls down the field um, and can put some balls in some dangerous spots. So um, there's a couple different ways we can play, but I think it really depends on who is up top. And as far as your question about who is the creator, um, I don't I don't necessarily think we've found that quite yet. Um, I think when you look at the middle of the field and, and kind of our two central midfielders that play most of the time in, in Mohamed Dabo and um, Canardo Forbes, like both of them are good ball ball movers. Um, you know, they're going to move the ball around well. They're both good passers. They're both good ball winners on defense. So um, they're going to they're gonna move the ball around. Um, I'm just not sure we found that creative um, kind of consistent number 10. Um, but but all three of them in Canardo, um, Mohamed Dabo, and Kevin Kerr um, can send creative passes in. Nico Brett can create as well. And then I think the 
one of our biggest revelations this season has been the addition of Anthony Velarde. And Velarde is a kid coming out of college who I think has a lot of raw skill in uh, especially dribbling and, um, you know, those creative final passes and things like that. Um, so there's been some times where he's tried some things that have worked. There's been some times where he's tried some things that haven't worked. Um, and that's okay at this point in the season. I think he's, you're going to see him more. Um, he, I think he has two starts or one start on the season, but you're going to see him more as a 60, 65th, 70th minute sub. Um, that's going to come on and give 20 minutes to a half an hour um, to try to create something towards the end of the game. Um, and I think he's been really effective in that he is fast. He is quick. Uh, he is a good ball um, passer of the ball um, and can create some stuff. He's not a, he's not a fearful dude. He's, you know, he's a young kind of fearless dude um, who will make some mistakes, but um, has played well uh, up to this point in the season. So um, I think that's sort of your answer. I don't know that we've, I don't know that we have our creative 10. Um, and I think that could be one of the, one of the downfalls of the hounds to some extent. Um, but I think we um, have some players who can, on their day, make some good passes, and on their moment, make some good passes that can break down a defense. So all that being said, um, you said you've played four on the road. You've only played two at home this far. Uh, mm -hmm. Game to game, will we see some sort of um, difference in style than you would play when you come to Nashville? Are we going to see uh, maybe a more expansive Bob Lilly team at home, um, or should we expect you to bunker in and just kind of hit us on the counter? Um. Yeah, I think I think we play some sort of balance of that. So I think traditionally Bob has been um, I think Bob has been pegged obviously as a defensive coach, and I and I know Gary Smith is very very similar, um, and have been you know they've been both sort of pegged as these defensive coaches. I don't know that I've ever seen Pittsburgh bunker like in this in right. the tradition like park the bus. Let's just bunker in and go on the counter. I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, he plays a pretty balanced. He plays a pretty balanced um, attack defense thing. Um, you will see some tactical changes, right? So I think that there is. We have a guy, you know, Tommy Bakeyzeal. I think you know our rookie of the year ish last year who um, came in, played almost every game, and um, really was kind of a revelation in his rookie season in USL. He's a guy who can play center back. He can play defensive midfielder. Um, we even played him as an outside back some last year. So he's been sort of versatile. But what he's been doing this year a lot is when we're on defense, he drops between the center backs, kind of plays, will kind of play a back five at that point. Um, and he'll drop between the center backs. But he, I mean, as soon as he gets the ball, uh, he'll be going up the field too. Um, and so there's, it's almost like when we're on offense, he'll play midfield and when we're on defense. He'll play center back. Um, and so it's like, he kind of drops back and forth between the two. So I think that has allowed us to play a little bit more of a balanced attack that there are times where we can go and attack and kind of hold the ball in the other team's final third. There also are times where we will sit back a little bit um, and kind of wait to hit you on the counter too. Um, so I think we can play both styles, and I'm not sure that it matters home or away. It might matter more time in the game um, and kind of what we are sensing the opponents do. Um, and so I think I think it sort of depends on what the opponents do. I think against a team like Nashville that has some goal scorers, I think you could see us sit back a little bit. 
Um, but I think there are times in that game where you're going to see us on the attack too. So um, I think it's a little bit of both, you know. So you kind of broached the topic. So I think it's maybe a good chance for us to just walk right into it. And um, uh, I think the word you use balance is, is maybe the operative word for this conversation. Yeah. And in Nashville um, internally, uh, and a lot of it kind of came up as they, um, cause you know, we've already announced that Gary Smith will be the manager for the inaugural MLS season. And um, part of the criticism of uh, Gary last year of that decision of some of our results so far this season is that uh, he's too defensive of a coach. Some people, not me, some people use the term negative, um, that he uh, sits back, that he doesn't want to get forward uh, in that a modern league. And if you look at what the Atlanta's, the LAFC's, uh, these different teams are doing, um, that isn't the model to, to broach the MLS, um, to build a fan base and, and kind of move forward. And obviously you guys, um, you, you don't have the same situation with going in MLS, but um, you are trying to build a brand and, and build a fan base in Pittsburgh as well. So mm-hmm. – uh, do you feel that same sort of attitude towards um, another very successful um, coach who has been branded, whether fair or not, defensive versus balanced, um, and obviously not offensive? Um, but do you think that that is a negative thing in your fan base there in Pittsburgh um, and, and, and maybe stops more people from coming to see uh, maybe a more high-scoring uh, shoot-em-up kind of game? Yeah, I mean, I think that that, I think that, that is um... – I think that's definitely true to the casual fan. You know, I think I think somebody who is a soccer fan who understands soccer, who has played soccer, who understands the tactics and the work and the and the stuff that goes into tactically preparing a soccer game. I think that you're looking at it, you're going, Bob Lilly is a super successful coach who knows what he's doing, who understands how to coach a team. And I think the same is true of Gary Smith. Like both of them know how to coach a team. They know how to they know how to win. Um, and so it's it's a case of to a soccer fan, you don't really care what style the team plays as long as they're still getting results. Um, I think to a to a casual fan or somebody you're trying to recruit to be a supporter or a fan of the team, you they're gonna come in and they're gonna see these one nothing, two nothing games as a very boring soccer game. And I think that that is that can influence the building of a brand if it's not super attractive, super fun to watch soccer. Um, And I think that that, well, fun to watch is the wrong thing because I think, I think defensive soccer is also fun to watch in a different way. way. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, that's not fun to watch because it is fun to watch for me when you can, um, you know, when you can come into a game and just kind of completely dominate the other team and it might not be that you win for nothing or for one, but you didn't give them any chances. You didn't let them kind of build up anything. I think that is fun to watch as well. But I think to a casual fan who may not understand all of that, they're wanting to come and see goals and they're going to want yeah. to come see one of these four, three games. So I do think it is a little bit hard when you have that style of soccer to recruit somebody who hasn't been to soccer games do you guys find that to be the case in nashville or or, i mean am i like i might be totally off on that but no i think that i mean i think that's the general critique is that you're right for the casual person they just want to see goals right um 
But my pushback was always, I think people more than want to see goals just want to see a winner. And so I think that's true. I think that's true. If you're too. gonna stack results, you're gonna pick up points throughout the season, um, and hopefully win playoff games. Um, uh, winning cures all. So it's whether it's one zero or four three, winning cures all. But, yeah, and I think I think um, that's totally true. Even yeah. me going to sporting events. When you leave that sporting event, you're thinking about it two weeks, three weeks, six months later. You don't really remember every little thing that happened on the field, but you do remember that your team won whatever the score was. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's like very different. You know, you can remember the feeling walking out of the stadium thinking my team won, even if that was the first and only game I've ever been to, you could think the team that I went there to watch won the game um, versus, Oh, the team that I went there got a draw or lost, you know? And so I think that that's very true. Like it really doesn't matter what the score is. It matters if you win the game. Yeah, and I mean, you know, because again, to the casual fan, what do we know the casual fan doesn't want to see? A draw, right? So even yep. if it's a 3-3 draw, a draw is a draw. Um, yep. And it's nobody won the game. So right. um, that being said, uh, I think what Nashville has done, and, and I mean, look, I think what they do personnel-wise is obviously with the goal of uh, influencing, re- influencing results on the field and, and getting further, deeper into the season, deeper in the playoffs, finishing better. Um, but they could have just gone out and signed the four best defenders in USL and the best goalie in USL and said, hey, we're just not going to – you know, a, a better holding midfielder than Boluac and Yode, which you're, you're hard-pressed to find in my opinion, um, and said, hey, like – we're going to put, we're going to get better results by having a better defensive team that isn't going to get scored on. Right. Um, But that's not what they did. They went out and they signed guys who scored more goals than anybody else in the league last year uh, and defenders who can get forward. Um, So I I think the intent is rather clear from the top down that um, uh, yes, we are trying to build an exciting thing. We're talking about building the biggest soccer specific stadium in the country. Um, and what's going to fill that up is scoring goals and entertaining people. So, um, you know, it's just an interesting thing because, I, like, I spend a, a decent amount of time every year in Pittsburgh. I, we, In my job, we work with a, a, a hospital there. And um, that stadium there is just so awesome. I think it's beautiful. And, it like, the idea that people are sitting at home because it's maybe not the most exciting brand of soccer is uh, it's just frustrating to me. Yeah, and that's what I think. I mean, I think, like you said, Nashville went out and get the two best scorers in the league. I think, I mean, I, I, you know, Nico Brett was in that conversation for a long time last year uh, yeah. and then sort of fell off in the last, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 weeks of the season. But he was, he was right there for a, a long portion of that season, a long portion of the season last year. And then they went out and got Christian Valeski and Steve Dos Santos. So the intention, I think, in Pittsburgh was, the same thing. I mean, you you obviously can have a good defense, just like Nashville and Pittsburgh did last season. Um, top two defenses in the league, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, went out and had the, you know, we had the best two defenses in the league. You can have the best defense in the league, but if you're not scoring goals, and that's where, I mean, that's where I think we had, I think Pittsburgh had four or five zero zero draws last year. And it was like, if you get one goal in those games, um, <laughs> you know, we're talking, we're up there with Cincy, you know, last yep. year. And so I think, it's just a, it's a different thing. Um, you know, it's a different thing, but I think it's like the intention was clear for both both teams this offseason to go and get some goals. 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's it's just totally straightforward that that does matter to both teams. Um, and, and the thing with this league is that um, you have the chance to recreate yourself and a team that was uh, as good as either of our teams were last year, like you said, were a couple of goals away from finishing much higher, having an easier opponent in the playoffs um, and, you know, um, just maybe making it further into the season. So uh, I think the the management realizes that that's the case um, and they want to, they want to make that happen. So for this weekend specifically, um, we always like to end this way. Uh, I'll ask you, what is it going to take for uh, Pittsburgh to get a result at home? Uh, and then what's it going to take for Nashville to get a positive result in the same way? Sure. Uh, what would it take? Um, I think, I think for Pittsburgh, I think it's interesting. So I, I'm at a point in the season where I, because of how maybe uncharacteristic our first few games were. So we lost to Tampa Bay two to nothing. Then we tied Swope and can't think of the other team at the moment, two, two. And so we give up six goals in our first three games of the season. And I think that that was troubling for a lot of Pittsburgh fans, especially the, the supporters group and stuff of like, we're not getting the same results that we were getting last year. We're not playing good defensive soccer. We're not looking good on that end of the field. And if we're not good on that end of the field, which we were last year, then are we going to be any better or are we going to be even one of the top four to five teams in USL this year? And I think that that was the concern from a lot of people. So at this point I'm looking at this and I, because of who Nashville is, because of the talent that I think Nashville has, and not that either of our teams are that high in the table right now or where we want to be in the table long term. I think I would be completely satisfied with a 0-0 draw. I know I just said that. I know I said that's not good. <laughs> but I also would be completely satisfied with us keeping keeping Nashville off the board, throwing another shutout, and, and walking away with a point. I think that would be satisfying to me because I think of the way that we started the season and we talk a lot about among goals like I don't really care where we are in the table until 10 12 15 games in the season mm-hmm. then I'll start looking at the table and care where we are so I think if we can if we can have a shutout this weekend and look good doing it or at least decent doing it then I go okay we're making progress and we're getting to where we need to be long term so I mean All that to say, I think, what does it take for, I think for, I I honestly think for both teams, I think it takes one, keeping the defensive structure that we've both kind of attained last year and we both want to see again this year, keeping that together, and then two, scoring goals. So for both teams, it's kind of the same goal. And so I think these games against Nashville, both last year and and even this year coming up, I think are going to be super interesting games. Because I think both coaches have very similar, we want the shutout, but we also want to score goals and we're not going to give up either one to make either one happen. So it's like, we're not going to give up a shutout to score goals and we're not going to score goals to give up, you know, to just score more than the other team. So I don't think it becomes a shootout. So I think it's like, we have to be strong defensively. So I think that is, that for me is what is going to make Pittsburgh successful this weekend is if we can stay strong defensively, um, then I think we have a shot at winning the game. Um, But I think that's very similar for you guys too. So it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think for us, it's pretty straightforward. I think if you look at like last week's result, um, 
Rio's got pretty isolated up top, and it's just going to take getting him linked back in with guys like Belmar, with guys like Wynn. I wouldn't see, be surprised to see um, Wynn starting. Um, I'm interested to see who starts uh, in the middle of the park. Um, it wasn't great last week centrally, in my opinion. Um, so I, I wonder if we'll see somebody in for either Reed or LaGrasa. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and those guys have kind of played a, a ton of minutes as well, both of them. So it, they might just be due for a, a, you know, a change anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, maybe Bolo Agnote did start, um, which would lend to exactly what you said, uh, keeping that defensive shape and letting maybe LaGrasa or Reed push for, uh, further forward by themselves. Me and Ben talked a decent amount about that earlier in the week. So um, I think it's just going to take that link between the midfield and the forwards um, getting that real opportunity. Because like you said, at the end of the day, um, one goal should win this thing, right? It should. Um, it should win it. And so uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Like to me, this is what – I think fans want to see from Gary um, is going into a game like this where the other guy wants to do the same thing that they're saying Gary wants to do. Um, does he have the kind of, um, I guess, just uh, wherewithal, whatever you want to say, to to push forward more than he has traditionally with the guys that he has in this roster that are, are uh, able of doing it? So, um, I think that's the big thing for me to watch is, is like you said, cause it, I, I don't think Bob Lilly is going to crack, right? I think he's going to stick with that. <laughs> We're not going to yeah. do it. Um, and so traditionally the critique of Gary would be, um, you know, uh, what our fans have said so far is, Hey, he wants to stay back and this thing probably going to end zero, zero, whatever it is. So I think if we came out and were more expansive, went forward more and, and left ourselves at risk saying, Hey, you know what, even if we give up one, we're going to go get two. Um, I think fans would be interested to see that maybe even if the result didn't come off, maybe even if it finished say one, one or something like that. So. um, Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be an interesting game. It is. I I think it's going to be a very interesting game. And uh, I think, you know, um, uh, we've played um, uh, St. Louis, who I think is a very good side. We've played Mm -hmm. Red Bulls, who I think are a good side. Obviously Charleston's a good side as well. So uh, it's been some serious matches here at the start of the season for us. And and, uh, we play Atlanta and Rowdy's coming up soon as well. So it's, um, you know, there's no rest for the weary. So it's kind of just like, Hey, you got to shake off a three, a loss, come back and go back on the road and get a, get a result. So yeah. um, And that's right. That's how I feel about the East this season. I don't think the East got any easier and I think it got way more difficult. Not that it was an easy, it was not an easy campaign last season. Um, and I think just with the addition of St. Louis and then Tampa Bay rebounding, um, and then you're looking at teams that are always good, like Charleston and, and the Red Bulls, and and then you have teams, you know, and then you have Louisville who has a rough start, and if they ever turn it around, and River not Riverhounds have had a slow start, and if they turn it around, and Nashville turns around, it's gonna be a tough, it's gonna be a tough road. Yeah, the table's the gonna season. bunch up for sure. You, you can just always count on even teams that are performing really, really well to. Um... So take some bad. I mean, I think what what was it? Uh, Cincinnati lost to Charlotte last year, like mm-hmm. three or four nothing, right? So mm-hmm. um, it's uh, there's always going to be something like that. So the table's going to bunch up quick, and it's just going to be who can eke out results in games yep. like this that are a grind. So yep. um, I'm really really looking forward to it. Justin, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you. Can I actually ask you one more question? I, oh I yeah, of course. Asked this earlier, and I just like. For our listeners, so I think one of the things that has been interesting um, kind of watching you guys in the offseason, just because we had our rebrand last year, 
and then you guys have released your your MLS branding for next season. Yeah. Um, what is that? What is that done? Have you felt like that has done good for the club um, overall? And then maybe um, your specific thoughts on the branding. I know that has been kind of back and forth a little bit um, with some people liking it, some people didn't. There was some, yeah. you know, there were some memes thrown out there and stuff. So like kind of where do you sit with that? But what has that done for the club? Do you feel like that has been a positive for the club? Well, so I think it's been, um, uh, I would probably say overall, I think that it's been a push, which obviously isn't what they were hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't speak to sales or anything like that. Um, but there's definitely two distinct brands out right now. There's, you know, the stuff in the stadium is currently, um, uh, you know, mostly old crest, but we've also seen a ton of new things released that are um, maybe no crest related. It just says Nashville SC, stuff like that. Um, So Hmm. I think they're kind of doing that to continue selling merchandise throughout the year. Uh, And then obviously in all the local big stores, Dick's, um, you know, the different chains, you see um, the MLS gear being sold there as well. So uh, I can say where I personally fall is like, I actually love the new brand. Um, Okay. Uh, I've liked it from the first time I saw it. I think it's super cool. Um, I also liked the Juve rebrand a few years ago, um, which it's drawn comparisons to. So Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's a surprise that I like both of those. Um, And I think it's got the opportunity. uh, People kept saying the term dated to speak about it, which uh, I think it's a lot of things. It's loud. It's uh, unique. It's, but I don't think it's dated. Like there's just nothing at all that looks like it to me. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it has the opportunity to become very distinct amongst, mm-hmm. um, especially uh, I think a lot of places kind of went away from that MLS 1.0 kind of um, gimmicky badge to a more um, traditional, proper soccer, English, whatever kind of looking badge. Um, and uh, I mean, there's the place for that. Like, I think your rebrand was awesome. I think it looks great. Um I think uh, there's some really, really good crests to be found um, in MLS. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, when you stack it up, like, uh, I think LAFC's is just an objectively beautiful crest. I think it's Uh, awesome. I really like Miami's new crest that's going to be out. I think it's distinct. It's cool. The colors, the, you know, the flamingo thing. I think it's awesome. Um, And it, as much as I like it, it's definitely not either of those, right? Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely been a mixed bag. Um, and I think people, there was a whole thing at the beginning. What were the colors? Actually, it looked purple. It looked neon green. They kept calling it Mountain Dew, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but that's been, I think, rectified, whether that was like a Pantone issue or the club maybe uh, coming back a little bit and going back to I, I don't know what that answer is, but um, I think that kind of smoothed things over. And at the end of the day, for me, just like uh, put them in whatever the world you want to put. I just want to see them go play soccer. um, Yeah, yeah, that's for me. But um, that's what uh, you're saying. There are a lot of people who have the polar opposite opinion that I just expressed. So sure, uh, I I actually like it out of context. So if it's not moving from the current national branding to that branding, I like the new branding a lot. I just like the old branding so much better, um, and think it's. I think it, like I think you said, it is unique and it's distinct. Um, but I think they had a very unique, distinct branding as well. Um, yeah. And so I think like that was my problem with it. But I didn't have a problem with the design, you know, the new design at all. That wasn't 
wasn't really what I had. I had a problem with the design in the with context. Paneling from the old one. Yeah. yeah. And, and a yeah. lot so of people share different. that. A lot of people hold the, the old one near and dear to their heart. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just, like I said, it's just a mixed bag. So, um, cool. but I'm excited for it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm waiting on the specific piece of gear that I want. So, MLSstore.com, I know you are listening to us. Uh, dry fit golf hats as soon as possible please make that happen and i will buy one immediately um justin again seriously we're, we're grateful for the opportunity to do this crossover episode I, I think it's been really really good we've seen a good picture of what pittsburgh is going to be and i think i uh, hope your fans have, have kind of gotten the same picture from us yeah yeah for sure for sure thanks so much for being willing to do it and jump on and, and help us out with that no, no, we love it. So um, the biggest thanks probably goes to our two sponsors, uh, Golden Gold Press. They're the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for yourself or your organization. Check out their awesome products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. And as always, thanks to Roughneck Scarves. They're the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Uh, go get your custom scarves for your group, your pub team, whatever you might have. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com. So thanks to Davey Shepard so much for participating in that conversation, for having it with me. I mean, it was fun. Um, he gave you the sponsors there that we have. But thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the Mongols family for listening to us. Uh, man, I hope you go on your podcast app, leave a review, subscribe to the show. Um, give us some love there. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Um, whatever you think about our show, let us know. Uh, it'd be awesome to hear from you guys. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, so signing off from the Mongols crew, this is Justin, and we'll see you Saturday night.